we're not in the great outdoors. We're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Glad you're here. K-I-N-D-E-R. Like kindergarten, kinderoutdoors.com. Drop by and pay us a visit anytime. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. Safe enough to give to weaning puppies. Safe enough to give to that dog with chronic GI upset every day. It's pretty fantastic. Fortiflora. Learn more when you click on that little box of Fortiflora at kinderoutdoors.com. Well, today is one of my favorite shows every year. It's the recorded on-stage conversation from the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo. I get together there every year with some of my friends like Craig Boddington, Larry Wysoon, Phil Massaro, Ivan Carter, Rob Keck, and others. And we just kick the can around a little bit and have a good time. After a year off due to COVID, it was really good to get back together again. And here's the conversation from this past January's Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo. If you weren't there, be there next year. If you're not a Dallas Safari Club member, you really ought to be. I think we're ready. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Billy Kinder. I host an outdoor radio show. So does my friend Rob Keck right down there. Uh, we're on about oh, 150-some-odd AM FMs across the country every week, a couple of them right here in town. Sirius XM every Saturday and Sunday morning. Tune us in. You'll be smarter, faster, wiser, richer, all of the above, if you'll just tune in. Uh, and thank you for doing so if you already do. We appreciate it. I want to introduce Rob. Are you still uh, you're still doing the, the, the show? Is still airing on rural radio every weekend? Believe it or not, Saturday mornings, 10 yep. o'clock Eastern, uh, it's still there, but they're all reruns. Huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, you can still catch some of the shows that maybe you missed. Yep, there you go. I'm on at uh, 9 Eastern and uh, 8 here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and then Rob right after that. Right there so, on 147. Yep, that's it. So what are you doing these days, Rob? What's What are you up to? Well, when my wife asked me what am I going to do when uh-huh. I step back from my duties at Bass Pro Shops, I said I'm going to hunt more. Yeah. She looked at me and said, hunt more? <laughs> How can you hunt more? Right. I said, just watch me. Yeah. And you are. Everybody knows our friend Larry Wysoon. Larry, good to see you. What a pleasure to be here. Uh, isn't it, though? Because we weren't here a year ago. No, it is so good to have everybody here. And, you know, I've been around the floor a bunch, and everywhere I go, there are smiling faces. Yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. This is such a great event. Yep. This stage group is such a great group. And, Billy, you do such a fantastic job for everything that we do through DSC and Wildlife Conservation. So thank you for everything you do. Absolutely. You bet. Appreciate you. So what are you doing these days, Larry? Where can we find you online? What's going on? (laughs) You know, about three or four years ago, I moved from Uvalde, where I lived forever, to uh, a little town called Branham, which is south of here. That's just south of Texas A&M, where I went to school. It's about the same distance to my little place that's been in our family since 1840s or something like that. And the little town of Branham, Bluebell Ice Cream, is right next door, almost to where I live. So uh, curse and blessing. And I moved here to slow down, and I found that doesn't work. Where can we watch you online these days? Well, we do still do a whole lot of things. I, I do a weekly TV show called uh, Sportsman's Life, which is on Carbon TV. They can find it there. You can find it on Roku and all those kind of things. Do a uh, podcast called DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissen that you can find. is done through Waypoint TV, but you can find it primarily, as far as I'm concerned, at www.biggame.org forward slash DSC. S dash campfires 
forward slash, and that's uh, our DSC. Can you do that back? What was that again there? Uh, yes, I can if you want me to. It's going to take a while. <laughs> Remember back in the day when you used to say channel 7 at oh, 8 o'clock? You know, yeah, these, but you know, these days you have to diversify in so many yeah. different ways. And I, I look up here and I, Rob understands, Craig understands, this gentleman right here, Phil understands, although he does wear a funny looking hat. This guy that we're picking on already uh, joined us a couple of years ago. We had so much fun that we invited him back again today. Phil Massaro, welcome back. Thank you, Billy. Pleasure to be here. Tell us what all you're doing and where we can read you now. Uh, I do a lot of work for uh, for the NRA's American Hunter, a lot of work for Gun Digest. Uh, I've got a new column coming up in DSC's Game Trails magazine, which you keep your eyes open for. Good. Uh, the Gun Digest Annual, the great big thick book, keeps me rather busy. I'm proud to be the editor-in-chief of that. And we've yes. Got, we've got Craig's, uh, Craig's piece in there, and Larry tells me his is coming, too. He's promised that for a while. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. But, uh, no, we no, it's it's a good lineup of guys, and I'm I'm really proud to be at the helm of that publication. Craig Boddington, I am so sorry that I missed your seminar last hour. I had a little emergency, and I had to run take care of that. Uh, I'm sure you talk about uh, 270 and how that's plenty of rifle to hunt elk with, right? You get right, absolutely. Yeah, you get that question uh, all the time, right? <laughs> it's sure good to see you, Craig. Good to see you, my friend. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. Hold that a little closer. Uh, tell me about what's going on with Craig Boddington. You're still writing and you're still going. And well, hard. if I had any marketable skills, I'd probably do something different. But <laughs> since I don't, uh, the writing gig works for me. And you know, uh, yeah, just just a fact. There's not as many young people reading as used to. But uh, I think at my age, I'm deep enough into the print media that is probably not going to go completely under while I still have time, yeah, yeah. but uh, doing a little bit of television, and of course, everybody does internet, everybody does web, yeah. and everybody does a little bit of this and that. It's a multimedia world, but uh, most of my work is magazine work and the occasional book. This corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors is brought to you by America's number one canine probiotic, Fortiflora. It works. Ivan Carter joins our guest panel when we come back from the coffee pot. This is professional hunter Ivan Carter. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about the great outdoors with Kinder Outdoors. It's time for spring turkeys. Stop in and see the fine folks at Marksman Firearms for guns, ammo, sights, scopes, and accessories. They've got stores in Granbury, Colleen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. Texas-owned, Texas-proud. Military and first responders get a 10% discount. And they offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Mr. Crappie here. Join us at the Mr. Crappie $75,000 Invitational Weekend in Natchitoches, Louisiana, April 22nd and 23rd. Crappie anglers will be competing to punch their ticket to the Crappie Expo 2022. Friday's weigh-in will be at Grand Decor Park at 3 p.m. And Saturday, live music starts at 1 p.m. and the weigh-in at 3 down on the riverbanks in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Ooh. Special thanks to the Boat Shop, Natchitoches Tourism, Red River Waterway Commission, and Bayou Outdoor Pyre Sports. There's more info at CrappieExpo.com. Outdoor Texas Camps produces strong young women. Yeah, I was eight, so I was a camper for about three, four years. Like Faith, step one is attend an Outdoor Texas Camp. Get involved. 
and you never know where it will go from there. This camp like gave me foundational skills of like how to plan, how to like what does responsibility look like. If they they can come in knowing nothing, and they will leave with a whole new set of skills. Top-notch instructors teaching outdoor skills, hunting, fishing, and the shooting sports. Young ladies growing confident in their abilities. Like this camp, like yes, it's about hunting and fishing, and their skills learned. But I think they grow up in these camps. We see a kid that doesn't know what. Honestly, what responsibility is, they grow up. Outdoor Texas Camps is now taking enrollment for girls 9 to 17, with $400 scholarships available to young ladies in the North Texas area for Summer Camps 2022. Make it a summer of growth for the young lady in your life. It all starts at OutdoorTexasCamps.com. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers. Snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The herdware store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth. Who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. You folks come in off the porch. Kinder Outdoors is back. If you're headed for the turkey woods today, I'm pretty jealous of you. I've got some driving to do, some highway time, but I'm thinking about those turkey woods. Send me a picture, especially if you put that old gobbler down, okay? We want to see it. We want to put you up on that bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. Calming Care is a trusted product from our friends at Purina. It settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper, and the dog that gets really nervous and destructive during a spring thunderstorm or when you leave the house for work. Learn more about calming care when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, let's get back up on that main stage now, the conservation stage at the 2022 Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo with what I call the Mount Rushmore 
of the hunting community. <laughs> hey, did you kill a deer on your place this year up in Kansas? We had. In fact, uh, my, my friends and partners in the deer business are sitting over there. Chuck Herbal, stand up. And, hey, Chuck. Uh, Steve Trainer and one of our deer hunters was there. Uh, yeah. David, did we shoot any deer this year? All right. That, that was amazing. We, despite go, going into the season with record high temperatures, yeah. I just thought we're going to take a bath. And the truth is, we did not take a deer for three days. Wow. And I thought, oh my God, we are really going to take a bath. And the bucks just started to move, and we finished the season 12 for 12. Yeah. Which wow. I would never have thought would have happened. Wow. That is, uh, that's, that's quite a, a conservation story on your place. You've kind of babied that along through the years. Well, we've worked on it pretty hard. Yeah. It's, a, it's a neighborhood project. Yeah. And uh, it, it, we've worked on it. Yeah, it is. We certainly have more deer and better deer than we did 15 years ago. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Ivan Carter slipped in on us Yay, down there. Right. Welcome, Ivan. Good to see you, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Sorry I was a bit late. No, no, you're just fine. We're glad you're here. It's a long way to Africa from here. So. <laughs> Took a little while to get you with a COVID test in between, you know. Yeah, what's going on over there with the COVID? You know, they, they opened up the flights a couple of weeks ago. Things getting better? You know, they really are, and it's something that we hope we're seeing the back of. You know, as Craig said, you know, the guys are really suffering. And what suffers first is the anti-poaching teams. And, you know, with all of the cutbacks, that, that's not, that should be bread and butter money. But for a lot of people, if, you, if you're feeding your family or paying your anti-poaching team, you're going to be feeding your family first, which is completely understandable. But those cutbacks are really being felt by the wildlife. They really are. Yeah. It has been, like Craig was talking about, it's been devastating for a lot of people, they've, they've, they've gone under. A lot of our good friends have gone under, won't be back. They're doing something else for, for a living now. Um, yes, sir, I see you raising that microphone. No, I think gonna... one of the... Oh, sorry, Go ahead, sir. No. Go ahead. Yeah, I think one of the most dangerous things we see, when I say dangerous, the most alarming things is several of the people with big game ranches that many, many years ago took the sheep off, took the cattle off, and have turned it to wildlife or now you see them having a few cattle, they're planting a few orange trees or macadamia nut trees. or you know, All of that is landscape that should be under wildlife. And unfortunately, this pandemic has made people scared of the wildlife industry because it relies on the, on the, on the tourist hunter, if you will, to really make that model work. And yeah. so it, it's pretty sad to see this whole circle turning back to traditional agriculture when we were so proud of all these private landowners that have, have got wildlife instead of sheep and cattle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Rob Keck was uh, the head man over at the uh, National Wild Turkey Federation for 27 years. Is that right, Rob? 27 of the 30 that I was there. Wow. Uh, so what's the best way to put that turkey on the table? Do you like him fried? What do you do with it? <laughs> well, Deep fried is probably my favorite. It's probably the worst for you, but uh, that's the way things really are. Now, I like to cut it in small chunks. That, now you're talking. you got to take eggs and milk yep. in one bowl, stir it up good, usually a cup of milk, three eggs, then Italian breadcrumbs. Huh. Then, if you're running short on meat, you double batter it. There you that go. way it slows them down. Right. They don't eat quite as fast. It'll fill them up quicker. Yeah. Put more you, water in the soup. There are more people coming, there right? There you go. <laughs> and uh, then you've got to put it in peanut oil, 375 to yes, it floats, sir. and there you go. That's perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. You know, uh, at my house when we do a fish fry, there's a bunch of people over there, we fry up the catfish first. 
and start serving that out. And when they start rubbing their tummies and yawning, that's when I drop the crappie in the grease. There you go. You know what I mean? Kind of save that for uh, for the end. Hey, Phil, growing up in upstate New York, a lot of people have the opinion of New York, you know, but they're thinking of New York City. Different world where you grew up. Completely different world. Uh, you know, we're about 100 miles north of the city, and I'm literally right on the Hudson River. We've got the Catskill Mountains and the, the associate, I think it's a 600,000-acre park. Uh, we've got the Adirondack, which is a, you know, it's a 6-million-acre park. And while New York isn't known for huge deer or even its conservation methods as far as genetics go, the one good thing about New York State is that anybody can buy a hunting license once they've taken the safety course, you know, take their kid, and Amen. they've got a place to hunt. And I think yeah. that's pretty special. That's very special, yeah. Uh, your dad got you fired up about guns, if I'm not mistaken. He did, yeah. Dad, uh, he's still a bit of a nut, although every time I bring in something expensive, he tells me to get it off his desk. <laughs> that much? What, are you kidding me? What? But, uh, you know, he's uh, he was influential and, in, in you know, just such a key role of me growing up. And as a young man, you know, learning gun safety, there were always guns in the house and there was never an incident never an accident and uh, you know to be honest i thank him every day it's uh, he was a role model as far as how to handle a firearm and you know be around them and be safe so I, yeah. i'm totally appreciative of that ivan you're a good guy to start this with and i'd like an opinion from each of you as we look at the future of what we do i think the average age of the american hunter is 54 years old uh, and worldwide it's probably worse than that i don't know um we've got issues we have issues what bothers you the most? What about the future and what we do, our heritage? You know, I think what bothers me the most is the fact that our current generation, people like ourselves that are at the helm of the industry, are not making enough effort to produce programming media in a, in a palatable way for young people. We are continuing to make the same kind of TV that's not aimed at young people. We continue to have the same kind of a seminar like this is not aimed at young people. And I agree, there's a lot of the, the Outdoors Tomorrow Fund is doing amazing things in schoolrooms. And when you look at their statistics, it's incredible. But I would love to see us as spokespeople for the industry doing more to appeal to young people. Because without that generation engaged, we are the last. And I think every generation has felt that at some point. But I think now with the, the human population reaching 8 billion, and the, the chasm widening between the understanding of wildlife and the understanding of, a, of an iPhone, um, I think we've got to try and bridge that gap and, and close that chasm by producing engaging content for younger people, which I, I think we're failing on that. Yeah. Rob? No question about that. And I think playing off of that, we have to become more politically relevant. And as our numbers dwindle, and we're not replacing the hunters that we're losing, when you go to the voting booth we're not counted as well as what we should be i think that we have to be more active in political realms groups like the congressional sportsman's foundation doing a great job helping us there but there's other groups like hunter nation trying to get hunters to vote you know here in the state of texas uh, in the last presidential election it was amazing to me of the of the licensed hunters in this state and this was pretty much nationwide Registered voters, hunters, less than 50% of them voted. We're getting killed there. Another area that's really concerning to me is in the area of social media. We have got to put a good face on to the public, the non-hunting public, to the young public. And the way that many hunters project their kill or project their experience 
is not in the positive light that I think all of us would want to see them. I think when I see a picture of a piece of game taken in Africa, you can tell that there's been a lot of time, a lot of effort putting into getting the best photograph. Craig talked about that just a moment ago on his uh, Buffalo presentation about getting good photographs, tasteful photographs, cleaning them up, cleaning the blood off of it, instead of looking like a bunch of old, uh, you know, killers out there projecting a good message to that non-hunting public. We're not doing a good enough job there. We're getting killed on on uh, outdoor television in some areas as well. Hey, everybody's old mountain man. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure enough thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Mr. Crappie here. Join us at the Mr. Crappie $75,000 Invitational Weekend in Natchitoches, Louisiana, April 22nd and 23rd. Crappie anglers will be competing to punch their ticket to the Crappie Expo 2022. Friday's weigh-in will be at Grand Decor Park at 3 p.m. And Saturday, live music starts at 1 p.m. and the weigh-in at 3 down on the riverbanks in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Ooh. Special thanks to the Boat Shop, Natchitoches Tourism, Red River Waterway Commission, and Bayou Outdoor Pirate Sports. There's more info at crappieexpo.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, 
Delicious every time. CajunFryer.com National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey... That's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins, vineyardscampground.com. This old camp house has lots of room. Come on in, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, we're coming to you from Natchitoches, Louisiana. Next week, Mr. Crappie and a Mr. Crappie $75,000 crappie tournament. It's a qualifier for the Crappie Expo. Mr. Crappie $300,000 tournament in October on Table Rock Lake in the Ozarks. Hey, if you're uh, out and about Natchitoches, Louisiana area next weekend, I hope you'll drop by and see us right there. We're going to weigh them in downtown uh, on the waterfront, on the riverfront next Saturday afternoon. Let's get back up on the stage now at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo with Craig Boddington, Larry Wysoon, Rob Keck, Phil Massaro, and Ivan Carter. Phil, what's the worst miss you've ever had in your life, the one that still wakes you up at night? You. <sighs> He's clean. never missed. He's never missed? Oh, no, no, no. A clean miss or a... I, I, I lost uh, I lost my first buffalo this year in Zimbabwe. Um, oh. That bullet hit a branch, and it was... Uh, I, I immediately emailed Craig when I got home for some consolation. Uh, beautiful buffalo, too, 43 inches and just, you know, about as bald as I am, smooth bosses on the tops. And yeah. Hit, I don't know, the bullet hit a branch or whatever the case may be, but, you know, Lynn Stanton, who's down there in Bala Bala Safaris, his guys, we were on that buffalo for 20-something miles after we'd hit him. Um, wow. So we did the no due kidding. diligence, but 
that was uh, that was a life lesson for me. That yeah. was that was, and it's still bothering me. Yeah. Do uh, you know what? Oh, you said it. It, it must have hit a branch because he hit yeah. him. He hit him a little forward. We caught a a piece of you know the fat from the brisket and what yeah. have you. And I yeah. and I know it was a dead hold. We had the shot on film, and I you know there was no jerking of the trigger or any of that nonsense. So yeah. things like that happen, as Colonel Boddington had told me. You know, you do it long enough, you're going to have that happen. But you know, we did the due diligence. The buffalo's going to live. He stopped bleeding, but yeah. it doesn't. It, the ego is not well. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to die with that memory. Yeah, it's gonna, no doubt. No it's doubt, sir. Haunt you to the end. Now, Ivan, if you miss, it could eat you. You know, I think from a pH perspective, you only really shoot for two reasons most of the time. One, if something's about to eat you or hurt you, and one, if it's about to escape. So, you know. It, we always shooting a, something that's moving. You've always got this tiny little window, and everybody looks at you very differently if you don't hit what you're aiming at. And it happens. It really what does What do they happen. say at that point when you miss? Uh, Family group here, huh? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but really, on, a, on an awesome. African safari, I think there's a lot of pressure on guiding to make sure that you're giving the person the very best opportunity. They've come halfway around the world. It's their key animal. By virtue of that, there's way more jitters than there normally is with anything else. And, and you've got that one opportunity, and particularly if it's an, an elephant hunt or a leopard hunt or something like that, which you know, you're waiting for this one little window, a, a bad shot can be devastating for the rest of the safari. So you know, one's got to try and manage the first shot way better than trying to manage your own second shot, you know. Yeah. Hey, Rob, it's impossible to miss a turkey, isn't it? You know, one of the most common problems I see is people taking a shotgun that they normally take and point and swing through the target. They're now aiming it like a rifle. And you've got to understand point of aim and point of impact. So if you're going to use a gun with open sights, make sure that you understand that you're shooting this gun like a rifle instead of that, that shotgun. There's things you can add. You can add a red dot. You can add a scope. There's all kinds of optics that you can add to that turkey gun. But if you just pick up a gun that you've, let's say you've killed your limit of waterfowl or you've killed your limit of ringnecks, and you say, I shouldn't have any problem at all killing a turkey with oh, that. Oh, yeah. But you don't understand that just having a bead out in front or a double bead will not allow you to necessarily bury your cheek into the comb of that stock to make the shot. I'll never forget, it's Lance Bate. He was bronze medalist, double trap, 96 Olympics. I took him. We were in Kansas turkey hunting. He missed three gobblers less than 25 yards. And here's wow. a guy, a bronze medalist, an Olympic trap, double trap, and he missed three turkeys, and he didn't understand point of aim, point of impact. He was probably a little nervous because y'all were fence jumping on Boddington's place. Well, we were. Yeah. You know, it's always good to cross the line over on Craig's place because <laughs> we know they're fed well. They're always big. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to pin you down, Ron. You ever missed a turkey? Absolutely. Yeah. It happens. Absolutely. In my early days, not understanding point of aim, point of impact yep. as well. Yep. And, uh i tell you where it really comes into play. You know, there's more and more people that are taking with archery tackle. Yeah. And uh, you've got to understand that just hitting the vitals of a turkey with an arrow will not necessarily allow you to retrieve it. He may die. I've done that. But he's going to fly off. He's going to run off. And they don't leave a blood trail like that whitetail. You've got to shoot to immobilize the bird. And you've got to look at something like this. Take your fist, come right down your forearm. And if you can't put it in there where you're going to take and break that spine, cut that 
or cut the head off with one of the, uh, you know, the blades out there that, that like a gobbler guillotine. Yeah. You're not going to pick up that turkey. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't hit that, go buy a shotgun. Yeah. There you go. Very good. And by the way, with TSS, which has come on the scene, uh, I know three years ago I made that move to a 410. I've been shooting a 20 for over two decades. But I tell you, a 410 loaded with number nines or nine and a halves, it is devastating at 50 yards. And I do not promote long range shooting. But usually I'm playing follow-up, clean-up to somebody that I'm guiding. Yeah. And if there's a cripple, it's been amazing at the distances I've finished off that cripple with that 410. Yeah. Larry, what's the mess that haunts you to this day? Zimbabwe, Save River, 59 and three-quarter inch kudu, 58 inches wide, 60 yards, missed him by 30 yards. Wow. 30 yards, that's almost shot. half a football field. <laughs> I've never been that excited. I mean, you know, there's some species that really get to you. And, yeah. and in this instance, this kudu was crossing the Save River, and the PH Johnny Hume was hollering to shoot, and the cameraman was hollering, don't shoot. And, and uh, this, uh, I mean, this truly, I ended up killing these, these 59 a little bit long, and these 58 inches wide. So yeah. you can imagine what this kudu looked like quartering across the, the Save River. Oh, my word. The first shot, I missed him by a good solid 30 yards. Oh, my word. He was only 60 yards away, and I hit the water about halfway between me and him. Wow. Buck fever is a real deal. It's a real thing. It is. But, but when is. you add that element of a cameraman, all of us oh, yeah. that have hunted in front of yep. cameras, and the cameraman doesn't give you the go, and you've got the shot, and then all of a sudden you don't got the, you don't have the shot, and the cameraman says, "I'm good." You're really in a predicament, and yep. that's when I've missed more turkeys than ever on film. Yep, there you go. Craig Boddington has never missed a critter in his life, except for about a month ago. Oh, okay. Let's hear about let's hear about this now. Well, I was just writing about that the other day, and you know we're hunting from stands, and we don't have long. We don't have big country in my part of Kansas. It's timber. And, so, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards is normal, sometimes 100. But we don't have four, 500-yard shooting. And uh, so we'll go an entire season and have zero misses. Not, not uncommon. But I, I did it. I was sitting on a stand, and I had a buck coming to me, and he was about 50 yards away and quartering two, and I had those crosshairs dead steady on his shoulder and I pulled the trigger and I realized that this reaction was not right. He spooked a little bit and then he just kind of walked away and I said, well, he's going to fall over, going to fall over. And I lost him in the trees and I kind of had the distinct impression that instead of falling over, he walked away. But, uh, and that's in fact what happened. That's we what we spent a couple hours looking. There's got to be blood. There's got to be blood. There's got to be blood. Next trip was to the range, and uh, that scope had a, had a, a, a turrets without a zero stop, and and the elevation turret had been spun nearly a full revolution, and I was eighteen I was I was eighteen inches off paper at fifty yards. Just a bit outside, <laughs> just a hair outside. Yeah. <laughs> From the conservation stage at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo, my buddies Rob Keck, Larry Wysoon, Ivan Carter, Phil Massaro, and Craig Boddington. And there's a lot more to come after we grab a cup of coffee. 
Hello, I'm Corey Mason, Executive Director with Dallas Safari Club, and this is our Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Hey, crappie anglers, crappie season is here. Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022. Check out the all-new Wally Marshall Classic Signature Rods by Lou's. The Wally Marshall Classic Series starts at 5 foot 6 and all the way up to 16 foot in length. IM8 graphite construction, cork handles, stainless steel guides, super light for all-day use, and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today. Now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides, and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three-pounder. Pro Target rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for wade fishing and heavy cover. All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunder, Slabalicious, Jokers, and Shadpos. Tennessee Mist, White, Who Dat, and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie Slabomatic Electric Filet Knife handy too. StrikeKing.com, Lose.com, and SmithsProducts.com. When Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing converts your venison or pork into breakfast sausage or ground meat, it's a hands down hit. But step outside the box this year. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing has sausages for every taste. I don't know, probably 30 or more. We have German, hickory, hot links, uh, jalapeno, cheese links, regular jalapeno, and cracked black pepper, Cajun sausage, all kinds of sausage. Our chipotle and cheese is actually our number one seller. We just came out with a hatch chili and cheese summer sausage to complement our links. And we also have a uh, Frito chili cheese pie sausage this year, which is kind of off the charts, but the kids love it. So it's kind of one of those new twists. <laughs> Located just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Experts with all wild game. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weather. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the rancher lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader. Deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. 
If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org. Flush of South Texas to the big bush of South Africa. It's Kinder Outdoors. Larry, your parents hunted. It was a big family event, right? Absolutely. All the ladies in our area hunted. My aunts, you know, all their, all my mother's friends. It was a big deal. Came on at a time when we didn't have a whole lot of deer, but that didn't stop us from hunting. And if you saw a track, you were a hero. If you happened to take a deer during the hunting season, oh, my God, it's talked about just nearly every day until the, the beginning of the next hunting season. So, you know, I, I started out. Some People ask me, do you remember your first hunt? I don't. I, my dad used to carry me around in diapers on the back when he was chasing coonhounds, you know, kind of thing. And. So I I have no recollection of the first hunts. There was a lot of hunts, that, you know, shortly thereafter that I have. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate grew up out in the country. And uh, they turned me loose barefooted with a twenty two when I was about five years old because I'd, I'd run out of BBs and couldn't find BBs. But by God, I could find a single shot twenty two and shells, and they'd hand them to me and send me off kind of thing. That's kept me out of trouble. Absolutely. Well, somewhat. Well, yeah, you know, there there were those episodes. <laughs> this man is agreeing completely. You grew up like that, too, I guess, huh? Same story. It's a familiar story. Growing up in Kansas, Craig, uh, did you ever discover a good way to cook a pheasant? Does does a good way to cook a pheasant even exist? I didn't know there was a bad way to cook a pheasant. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, what kind of pheasant are you talking about? Well, they're not oh, real You know what? I dry them out if, Listen, bad. If, if you mistake a pheasant and shoot a, a vulture instead, yeah, th- they're be, hard to cook. That could be it. That could be it. Did you eat a lot of pheasants growing oh, up? Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah, y'all had lots of pheasants. Yeah, they're, you know, we like quail better. Yeah. And in those days, we had oceans of bobwhites. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah. pheasant was good, just a little drier. You yeah. just you you got to just cook it cook it in a sauce. Yeah. When you couldn't hit the small target, you wound up eating the pheasant. That's that's what took place. Uh, what took place there? Hey, what's going on with you now, Ivan? What are you doing these days? So we've been doing a lot of conserva- conservation work and um, spending a lot of time actually adjusting our sales a little bit with COVID and everything else like that. You know, donor funding's been a little more difficult, as everybody can understand, as well as. The need is greater because so many people have this deficit for anti-poaching. And so um, we've been measuring a lot. We translocated cheetahs with the Cabela family this year into a landscape which hasn't had cheetah for over 100 years. Those are giving That's us a bit, of, a bit of gray head, not doing what they're supposed to do. But... Um, the scientists are taking care of that. The lion population that's in that same landscape has got to just over 80 now from the, the 24 that we put in there. So that's been very successful. And doing a lot of wildlife moves, actually. You know, um, what we've found is that a lot of these national parks that have been stabilized by large NGOs, large non-government organizations, um, have a deficit of wildlife. And as the human element has grown and the conflict has grown, rather than allowing government to just go in and wipe out 
you know, whole landscapes, taking those animals and using them to populate populate wildlife reserves has been very successful. But the biggest thing is doing that with hunters' dollars, with hunters and openly for hunters, I think is a giant message. I think we've got to be a lot better at delivering facts and results than we actually are at the moment. It's one thing to say, oh, no, we su support anti-poaching. Well, tell me the facts. What has actually happened? So in the Zambezi Delta landscape where we operate, um, there, there's been about a 95% reduction in poaching and a 3,500% increase in wildlife over the last couple of decades, which those are the facts. It's not that we're equipping an anti-poaching team. We've, we've led to more wildlife and a healthier ecosystem. And so people will often say, how do you know where to send your money? And I always say, just ask the simple question. Is my money going to allow more wildlife to exist in a healthier ecosystem? If they look at you blankly, go and find someone else to send your money to. If they say yes, your next question should be, well, how do you know? Can you show me your statistics? Again, if they can't, go and find somebody else, because that should be all that matters in conservation, more wildlife in a healthier ecosystem. If we were to stop hunting in the long run, it would be devastating uh, over there. But we, we put it on pause for the past couple of years. What's that done to the critters? Are they better quality now than they were two years ago? What's, what's going on? Have you noticed? So that's, a, that's an interesting question. And, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back out a little bit. So if we stop hunting, we've got a really good example of what really happens. It's an uncomfortable truth, so nobody wants to talk about it. But there's about 15 million acres of Tanzania that last year was resettled. And it was resettled because of the closure of lion imports into the states because of Cecil the Lion, which led to outfitters handing back their concessions because they couldn't make money anymore. The, the concessions sat idle for many years. And then the, the pressure from the communities, hey, if you're not going to let us be employed or, or let us work there, let us at least live there. And so the government, of course, relented. The government lives and dies by votes. And so 15 million acres of people, uh, 15 million acres of, of wild landscape had people move onto it, and they killed everything. And so there's an exact example of what happens when the hunters go away. From the perspective of the trophy populations, in a lot of landscapes, Stopping hunting for a couple of years makes no difference at all because I like to look at a wildlife population like an annuity. Like you, you've, you've got this fund. It's like an endowment fund. So if you never touch your principal and you only use your interest, your endowment's going to last forever. Wildlife is the same way. If you never touch your core population and you only touch the old bulls that are yielded by that core population, it's going to be there forever. And so I have to say the well-managed areas – Without any hunting for two years, the trophy quality was the same. If you see a jump in your trophy quality, it means your quota was too high before the closure. Ah, very good. Let me ask you this. Do you think we all talk funny? No, I'm the only one that talks normally. Oh, okay. You're the normal guy around here. You're the normal guy. Phil, if, uh, if it was Christmas Day tomorrow, what gun would you tell Santa Claus that you want to see under the tree? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a really, there's a lot of them here. Because uh, you get to shoot everything. I, I am spoiled rotten. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. I yeah. get to play with all the cool toys. Right. Ah, what would I want? What would I want? 
That's a really that's a difficult don't, question. Don't get too hung up on it because we're not going to buy no, it. No, I know you. you're not, but yeah, we're we dreaming. Just... I want to dream right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I, I would probably end up with a, with a 375 flange double rifle from Heim, Model wow. 89, to wow. go with my 470. What's that going to cost me down at Walmart? Uh, uh, you're looking probably 24 grand the way okay. I'd expect Santa Claus well, to bring Well, that's within the budget. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's Mama gives the nod of approval back there, and if the War Department approves, let's send yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. I like it. <laughs> Greg, how about you? Is there that you? You've handled every gun in the world. I don't have enough lever actions. Ah. So you could you could look for a classic old Marlin or Winchester to put under my tree. Maybe a Savage 99. Wow. I've heard you talk like that before. You love those simple, old, dependable guns, don't you? I do. That's piece of America. Yeah. And I I really do love those those old guns. And I'm not a collector. I don't have a collection. Sure. But I do accumulate them. Yes, you do. <laughs> Rob, what's uh, what's your favorite turkey gun? I guess the the old 410 now. Well, it, it is. And uh, I tell you, my favorite one right now is a TriStar Viper. Huh. It's got a pistol grip on it, camouflaged, and a Carlson choke tube in it. Yeah, and I can tell you one thing: it is just everybody that puts it in their hand says, "I want one." I've never found anybody. It doesn't matter whether it's a kid or a veteran turkey hunter. Yeah, and I've got a couple more on order. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute, a focus on people that make a difference. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, let's take a short break and then meet right back here in this Kinder Outdoors Camp House. Come share our campfire and a good story or two. Kinder Outdoors. I had such a great time last weekend hanging out at that Ducks Unlimited Expo at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, there with all my Purina friends, Keith and Carl. Gail was there. What a treat. Always fun to visit with her. Tom Dockin was down from his Oak Ridge Kennels up in uh, Minnesota. We had a terrific time. I know you did too if you made, a, made it a point and made the time to, to come out and hang out for a while. So fun to stand in the booth and talk to people about Purina Pro Plan because I have full confidence in Pro Plan formulas. They do what they say they're going to do. They're absolutely the best fuel that you can give your dog. Pick up the Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. 
In case you missed it last hour, we're reliving our time on stage from January's Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo with outdoor legends Larry Wysoon, Rob Keck, Phil Massaro, Craig Boddington, and Ivan Carter. I think we're ready. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Billy Kinder. I host an outdoor radio show. So does my friend Rob Keck right down there. Uh, we're on about oh, 150 some odd AM FMs across the country every week. A couple of them right here in town. Sirius XM every Saturday and Sunday morning. Tune us in. You'll be smarter, faster, wiser, richer, all of the above, if you'll just tune in. Uh, and thank you for doing so if you already do. We appreciate it. I want to introduce Rob. Are you still uh, you're still doing the, the, the show? Is still airing on rural radio every weekend? Believe it or not, Saturday mornings, 10 yep. o'clock Eastern. Uh, it's still there, but they're all reruns. I yep. Know. Uh, yeah, you can still catch some of the shows that maybe you missed. Yep, there you go. I'm on at uh, 9 Eastern and uh, 8 here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and then Rob right after that. Right there so, on 147. Yep, that's it. So what are you doing these days, Rob? What's What are you up to? Well, when my wife asked me, what am I going to do when uh-huh. I step back from my duties at Bass Pro Shops, I said, I'm going to hunt more. Yeah. She looked at me and said, hunt more? <laughs> How can you hunt more? Right. I said, just watch me. Yeah. And you are. Everybody knows our friend Larry Wysoon. Larry, good to see you. What a pleasure to be here. Uh, isn't it, though? Because we weren't here a year ago. No, it is so good to have everybody here. And, you know, I've been around the floor a bunch, and everywhere I go, they're smiling faces. Yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. This is such a great event. Yep. This stage group is such a great group. And, Billy, you do such a fantastic job for everything that we do through DSC and Wildlife Conservation. So thank you for everything you do. Absolutely. You bet. Appreciate you. So what are you doing these days, Larry? Where can we find you online? What's going on? (laughs) You know, about three or four years ago, I moved from Uvalde, where I lived forever, to uh, a little town called Branham, which is south of here. It's just south of Texas A&M, where I went to school. It's about the same distance to my little place that's been in our family since 1840s or something like that. And a little town of Branham, Bluebell Ice Cream, is right next door, almost to where I live. So uh, curse and blessing. And I moved here to slow down, and I found that doesn't work. Where can we watch you online these days? Well, we do still do a whole lot of things. I, I do a weekly TV show called uh, Sportsman's Life, which is on Carbon TV. They can find it there. You can find it on Roku and all those kind of things. Do a uh, podcast called DSC's Campfires with Larry Weissman that you can find. It's done through Waypoint TV, but you can find it primarily, as far as I'm concerned, at www.biggame.org forward slash DSCS dash campfires forward slash and that's uh our dsc can you do that back what was that again there uh yes i can if you want me to it's gonna take a while (laughs) remember back in the day when you used to say channel seven and eight o'clock you know yeah these but you know these days you have to diversify in so many different ways and i look up here and rob understands craig understands this gentleman right here phil understands although he does wear a funny looking hat this guy that we're picking on already uh, joined us a couple of years ago we had so much fun that we invited him back again today phil massaro welcome back thank you billy pleasure to be here tell us what all you're doing and where we can read you now uh, I do a lot of work for uh, for the NRA's American Hunter, a lot of work for Gun Digest. Uh, I've got a new column coming up in DSC's Game Trails magazine, which you keep your eyes open for. Good. Uh, the Gun Digest Annual, the great big thick book, keeps me rather busy. I'm proud to be the editor-in-chief of that. And we've yes. Got, we've got Craig's, uh, Craig's piece in there, and Larry tells me his is coming, too. He's promised that for a while. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. But uh, no, no, he's not. Uh, 
it, it's, a, it's a good lineup of guys, and I'm, I'm really proud to be at the helm of that publication. Craig Boddington, I am so sorry that I missed your seminar last hour. I had a little emergency, and I had to run take care of that. Uh, I'm sure you talk about uh, 270 and how that's plenty of rifle to hunt elk with, right? You get, right, absolutely. Yeah, you get that question uh, all the time, right? <laughs> it's sure good to see you, Craig. Good to see you, my friend. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. Hold that a little closer. Uh, tell me about what's going on with Craig Boddington. You're still writing, and you're still going. And well, hard. if I had any marketable skills, I'd probably do something different. But <laughs> since I don't, uh, the writing gig works for me. And, you know, uh, yeah, just, just a fact. There's not as many young people reading as used to. But uh, I think at my age, I'm deep enough into the print media that is probably not going to go completely under while I still have time, yeah, yeah. but uh, doing a little bit of television, and of course everybody does internet, everybody does web, yep. and everybody does a little bit of this and that, it's a multimedia world, but uh, most of my work is magazine work and the occasional book. There you have Rob Keck and Larry Wysoon, Phil Massaro, and Craig Boddington, and we'll meet Ivan Carter when we come back from the coffee pot in just a few minutes. Hey, we taped all of this on stage, the conservation stage, at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo this past January. There wasn't a convention and expo in 21, COVID. So what a reunion it was. And if you're not a member of the Dallas Safari Club and you're a sportsman, outdoorsman, conservationist, bird watcher, you just love a nature trail, you really ought to be a Dallas Safari Club member. Hey, everybody, it's Colorado Buck. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, Billy, where, where in the world did he go? Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store, you get a snack, and you get a stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if, it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just... But sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and waking up still in the car so I can just feel the comfort knowing that will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com Mr. Crappie here. Join us at the Mr. Crappie $75,000 Invitational Weekend in Natchitoches, Louisiana, April 22nd and 23rd. Crappie anglers will be competing to punch their ticket to the Crappie Expo 2022. Friday's weigh-in will be at Grand Decor Park at 3 p.m. And Saturday, live music starts at 1 p.m. and the weigh-in at 3 down on the riverbanks in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Oh. Special thanks to the Boat Shop, Natchitoches Tourism, Red River Waterway Commission, and Bayou Outdoor Pyre Sports. There's more info at crappieexpo.com. It's time for spring turkeys. Stop in and see the fine folks at Marksman Firearms for guns, ammo, sights, scopes, and accessories. They've got stores in Granbury, Colleen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. Texas-owned, Texas-proud. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and they offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark. 
at Marksman. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website nstra.org and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. The old camp house floor creaks a little, but don't worry. You're on solid ground with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our old camp house here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and this corner of the camp house is brought to you, I'm proud to say, by a product that I've used for decades, Purina Pro Plan. There's a formula built specifically for your dog. Simply the best, Purina Pro Plan. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Let's get back up on that Dallas Safari Club conservation stage now with Larry Wysoon, Rob Keck, Phil Massaro, Ivan Carter, and this guy. Craig Boddington. Hey, did you kill a deer on your place this year up in Kansas? We had. In fact, uh, my, my friends and partners in the deer business are sitting over there. Chuck Herbal, stand up. And, hey, Chuck. Uh, Steve Trainer and one of our deer hunters was there. Uh, yeah. David, did we shoot any deer this year? All that, right. That was amazing. We, Despite go, going into the season with... Record high temperatures. Yeah. I just thought we're going to take a bath. And the truth is we did not take a deer for three days. Wow. And I thought, oh, my God, we are really going to take a bath. And the bucks just started to move, and we finished the season 12 for 12. Yeah. Which wow. I would never have thought would have happened. Wow. That is, uh, that's that's quite a, a conservation story on your place. You've kind of babied that along through the years. Well, we've worked on it pretty hard. Yeah. It's a, it's a neighborhood project. Yeah. And uh, it, it, we've worked on it. Yeah, it is. 
we certainly have more deer and better deer than we did 15 years ago. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Ivan Carter slipped in on us Yay, down there. Right. Welcome, Ivan. Good to see you, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Sorry I was a bit late. No, no, you're just fine. We're glad you're here. It's a long way to Africa from here. So. Took a little while to get you with a COVID test in between, you know? Yeah, what's going on over there with the COVID? You know, they, they opened up the flights a couple of weeks ago. Things getting better? You know, they really are, and it's something that we hope we're seeing the back of. You know, as Craig said, you know, the guys are really suffering, and what suffers first is the anti-poaching teams, and, you know, with all of the cutbacks, that that's not... That should be bread and butter money, but for a lot of people, if, you, if you're feeding your family or paying your anti-poaching team, you're going to be feeding your family first, which is completely understandable. But those cutbacks are really being felt by the wildlife. They really are. Yeah. It has been, like Craig was talking about, it's been devastating for a lot of people. They've, they've, they've gone under. A lot of our good friends have gone under, won't be back. They're doing something else for, for a living now. Um, Yes, sir. I see you raising that microphone. I, I think one of the. Oh, sorry, go ahead, sir. No. Go ahead. Yeah, I think one of the most dangerous things we see, when I say dangerous, the most alarming things is several of the people with big game ranches that many, many years ago took the sheep off, took the cattle off, and have turned it to wildlife. Or now you see them having a few cattle, they're planting a few orange trees or macadamia nut trees, or, you know, all of that is landscape that should be under wildlife. And unfortunately, this pandemic has made people scared of the wildlife industry because it relies on the, on the, on the tourist hunter, if you will, to really make that model work. And yeah. so it, it's pretty sad to see this whole circle turning back to traditional agriculture when we were so proud of all these private landowners that have, have got wildlife instead of sheep and cattle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Rob Keck was uh, the head man over at the National Wild Turkey Federation for 27 years. Is that right, Rob? 27 of the 30 that I was there. Wow. Uh, so what's the best way to put that turkey on the table? Do you like him fried? What do you do with him? Well, deep fried is probably my favorite. It's probably the worst for you, but uh, that's the way things really are. Now, I like to cut it in small chunks. That, now you're talking. you got to take eggs and milk yep. in one bowl, stir it up good, usually a cup of milk, three eggs, then Italian breadcrumbs. Huh. Then, if you're running short on meat, you double batter it. There you go. That way it slows them down. They don't eat quite as fast. It'll fill them up quicker. Put more water in the soup. There are more people coming, right? There you go. (laughs) And uh, then you've got to put it in peanut oil, 375 to it floats. And there you go. That's perfect. That is perfect. You know, uh, at my house, when we do a fish fry, there's a bunch of people over there. We fry up the catfish first. And start serving that out, and when they start rubbing their tummies and yawning, that's when I drop the crappie in the grease. There you go. Know what I mean? Gotta save that for uh, for the end. Hey, Phil, growing up in upstate New York, a lot of people have the opinion of New York, you know, but they're thinking of New York City. Different world where you grew up. Completely different world. Uh, you know, we're about a hundred miles north of the city, and I'm literally right on the Hudson River. We've got the Catskill Mountains and the the associate. I think it's a six hundred thousand acre park. Uh, we've got the Adirondack, which is a you know it's a six million acre park, and while New York isn't known for huge deer or even its conservation methods as far as genetics go, 
the one good thing about New York State is that anybody can buy a hunting license once they've taken the safety course, you know, take their kid, and Amen. they've got a place to hunt. And I think yeah. that's pretty special. That's very special, yeah. Uh, your dad got you fired up about guns, if I'm not mistaken. He did, yeah. Dad, uh, he's still a bit of a nut, although every time I bring in something expensive, he tells me to get it off his desk. <laughs> that much? What, are you kidding me? What? But, uh, you know, he's uh, he was influential and, in, in you know, just such a key role of me growing up. And as a young man, you know, learning gun safety, there were always guns in the house, and there was never an incident, never an accident. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I thank him every day. It's uh, He was a role model as far as how to handle a firearm and, you know, be around them and be safe. So I, yeah. I'm totally appreciative of that. Ivan, you're a good guy to start this with, and I'd like an opinion from each of you. As we look at the future of what we do, I think the average age of the American hunter is 54 years old. Uh, and worldwide, it's probably worse than that. I don't know. Um, we've got issues. We have issues. What bothers you the most? What about the future and what we do, our heritage? You know, I think what bothers me the most is the fact that our current generation, people like ourselves that are at the helm of the industry, are not making enough effort to produce programming media in a, in a palatable way for young people. We are continuing to make the same kind of TV that's not aimed at young people, we continue to have the same kind of a seminar like this is not aimed at young people. And I agree, there's a lot of the, the Outdoors Tomorrow Fund is doing amazing things in schoolrooms. And when you look at their statistics, it's incredible. But I would love to see us as spokespeople for the industry doing more to appeal to young people. Because without that generation engaged, we are the last. And I think every generation has felt that at some point. But I think now with the, the human population reaching 8 billion, and the, the chasm widening between the understanding of wildlife and the understanding of, a, of an iPhone, um, I think we've got to try and bridge that gap and, and close that chasm by producing engaging content for younger people, which I, I think we're failing on that. Yeah. Rob? No question about that. And I think playing off of that, we have to become more politically relevant. And as our numbers dwindle, and we're not replacing the hunters that we're losing, when you go to the voting booth we're not counted as well as what we should be i think that we have to be more active in political realms groups like the congressional sportsman's foundation doing a great job helping us there but there's other groups like hunter nation trying to get hunters to vote you know here in the state of texas uh, in the last presidential election it was amazing to me of the of the licensed hunters in this state and this was pretty much nationwide Registered voters, hunters, less than 50% of them voted. We're getting killed there. Another area that's really concerning to me is in the area of social media. We have got to put a good face on to the public, the non-hunting public, to the young public. And the way that many hunters project their kill or project their experience is not in the positive light that I think all of us would want to see them. I think when I see a picture of a piece of game taken in Africa, you can tell that there's been a lot of time, a lot of effort putting into getting the best photograph. Craig talked about that just a moment ago on his uh, Buffalo presentation about getting good photographs, tasteful photographs, cleaning them up, cleaning the blood off of it, projecting a good message to that non-hunting public. We're not doing a good enough job there. We're getting killed on outdoor television in some areas as well.
Much more from the Mount Rushmore of the hunting community when we come back from the coffee pot. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. Hey, that Purina Pro Plan performance formula, 30% protein, 20% fat. Perfect for your hard-working dog, your bird dog, your retriever. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hi, I'm Walter Parrott, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. I'm Tom Watson with Bended Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit Joshua Creek. Mr. Crappie here. Join us at the Mr. Crappie $75,000 Invitational Weekend in Natchitoches, Louisiana, April 22nd and 23rd. Crappie anglers will be competing to punch their ticket to the Crappie Expo 2022. Friday's weigh-in will be at Grand Decor Park at 3 p.m. And Saturday, live music starts at 1 p.m. and the weigh-in at 3 down on the riverbanks in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Ooh. Special thanks to the Boat Shop, Natchitoches Tourism, Red River Waterway Commission, and Bayou Outdoor Pyre Sports. There's more info at crappieexpo.com. At Classic Chevrolet Grapevine, we know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck. Because it's fun to um, be able to uh, do something with my dad and my older brother. So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here dressed and fed and ready to go? 4.30. 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though? Mm-hmm. No. no way. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you very go. Very. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that dove still flying? Uh, probably. <laughs> At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations, understanding smiles, life's victories and laughter, sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. ClassicChevrolet.com. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. 
In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Tailing redfish on the fly rod. Fresh walleye in a skillet. Big Tom turkeys running to your call. A massive 6x6 within 30 yards and a new personal best in the bass boat. That's life at our camp at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, we had a lot of fun back in January on that conservation stage at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo. And a Mount Rushmore group up on stage with us. Rob Keck, Larry Wysoon, Craig Boddington, Ivan Carter, and Phil Massaro. Phil, what's the worst miss you've ever had in your life? The one that still wakes you up at night? You. <sighs> He's clean. never missed. He's never missed? Oh, no, no, no. no. A clean miss or a... I, I, I lost uh, I lost my first buffalo this year in Zimbabwe. Um, oh. That bullet hit a branch and it was... Uh, I, I immediately emailed Craig when I got home for some consolation. Uh, beautiful buffalo, too, 43 inches and just, you know, about as bald as I am, smooth bosses on the tops. And yeah. Hit, I don't know, the bullet hit a branch or whatever the case may be. But, you know, Lynn Stanton, who's down there in Bala Bala Safaris, his guys, we were on that buffalo for 20-something miles after we'd hit him. Um, wow. So we did the no due kidding. diligence. but. That was uh, that was a life lesson for me. That yeah. was that was, and it's still bothering me. Yeah. Do uh, you know what? Oh, you said it. It, it must have hit a branch because he hit yeah. him. He hit him a little forward. We caught a a piece of you know the fat from the brisket and what yeah. have you. And I yeah. and I know it was a dead hold. We had the shot on film, and I you know there was no jerking of the trigger or any of that nonsense. So yeah. things like that happen, as Colonel Boddington had told me. You know, you do it long enough, you're going to have that happen, but. You know, we did the due diligence. The buffalo's going to live. You stop bleeding, but yeah. it doesn't. The ego is not well. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to die with that memory. Yeah, gonna, no doubt. No it's doubt, sir. Haunt you to the end. Now, Ivan, if you miss, it could eat you. 
You know, I think from a pH perspective, you only really shoot for two reasons most of the time. One, if something's about to eat you or hurt you, and one, if it's about to escape. So, you know, we're always shooting a, something that's moving. You've always got this tiny little window, and everybody looks at you very differently if you don't hit what you're aiming at. And it happens. It really what do does they happen. say at that point when you miss? Uh, Family group here, huh? Uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but really, on, a, on an African safari, I think there's a lot of pressure on guiding to make sure that you're giving the person the very best opportunity. They've come halfway around the world. It's their key animal. By virtue of that, there's way more jitters than there normally is with anything else. And, and you've got that one opportunity, and particularly if it's an, an elephant hunt or a leopard hunt or something like that, which, you know, you're waiting for this one little window a bad shot can be devastating for the rest of the safari. So, you know, one's got to try and manage the first shot way better than trying to manage your own second shot, you know. Yeah. Hey, Rob, Billy, it's impossible to miss a turkey, isn't it? You know, one of the most common problems I see is people taking a shotgun that they normally take and point and swing through the target. They're now aiming it like a rifle. And you've got to understand point of aim and point of impact. So if you're going to use a gun with open sights, make sure that you understand that you're shooting this gun like a rifle instead of that, that shotgun. There's things you can add. You can add a red dot. You can add a scope. There's all kinds of optics that you can add to that turkey gun. But if you just pick up a gun that you've, let's say you've killed your limit of waterfowl or you've killed your limit of ringnecks, and you say, I shouldn't have any problem at all killing a turkey with oh, that. Oh, yeah. But... You don't understand that just having a bead out in front or a double bead will not allow you to necessarily bury your cheek into the comb of that stock to make the shot. I'll never forget, it's Lance Bade. He was bronze medalist, double trap, 96 Olympics. I took him. We were in Kansas turkey hunting. He missed three gobblers less than 25 yards. And here's wow. a guy, a bronze medalist, an Olympic trap, double trap, and he missed three turkeys, and he didn't understand point of aim, point of impact. He was probably a little nervous because y'all were fence jumping on Boddington's place. Well, we were. Yeah. You know, it's always good to cross the line over on Craig's place because <laughs> we know they're fed well. They're always big. Yep. Hey, I'm going to pin you down, Ron. You ever missed a turkey? Absolutely. Yeah. It happens. Absolutely. In my early days, not understanding point of aim, point of impact yep. as well. Yep. And... Uh, I'll tell you where it really comes into play. You know, there's more and more people that are taking with archery tackle. Yeah. And uh, you've got to understand that just hitting the vitals of a turkey with an arrow will not necessarily allow you to retrieve it. He may die. I've done that. But he's going to fly off. He's going to run off. And they don't leave a blood trail like that whitetail. You've got to shoot to immobilize the bird. And you've got to look at something like this. Take your fist, come right down your forearm. And if you can't put it in there where you're going to take and break that spine, cut that, or cut the head off with one of the, uh, you know, the blades out there that, that like a gobbler guillotine, yeah, you're not going to pick up that turkey. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't hit that, go buy a shotgun. Yeah. There you go. Very good. And by the way, with TSS, which has come on the scene, uh, I know three years ago I made that move to a 410. I've been shooting a 20 for over two decades. But I'll tell you. A 410 loaded with number nines or nine and a halves, it is devastating at 50 yards. And I do not promote long-range shooting, 
But usually I'm playing follow-up, clean-up to somebody that I'm guiding. Yeah. And if there's a cripple, it's been amazing at the distances I've finished off that cripple, that 410. Yeah. Larry, what's the mess that haunts you to this day? Zimbabwe, Save River, 59 and three-quarter inch kudu, 58 inches wide, 60 yards, missed him by 30 yards. Wow. 30 yards, that's almost shot. half a football field. <laughs> I've never been that excited. I mean, you know, there's some species that really get to you. And, yeah. and in this instance, this kudu was crossing the Save River. And the PH Johnny Hume was hollering to shoot. And the cameraman was hollering, don't shoot. And, and uh, this, uh, I mean, this truly, I ended up killing these, these 59 a little bit long. And these 58 inches wide. So yeah. you can imagine what this kudu looked like quartering across the, the Save River. Oh, my word. The first shot, I missed him by a good solid 30 yards. Oh, my word. He was only 60 yards away, and I hit the water about halfway between me and him. Wow. Buck fever is a real deal. It's a real thing. It is. But, but it when is. you add that element of a cameraman, all of oh, us yeah. that have hunted in front yep. of cameras, and the cameraman doesn't give you the go, and you've got the shot, and then all of a sudden you don't got the, you don't have the shot, and the cameraman says, "I'm good." You're really in a predicament, and yep. that's when I've missed more turkeys than ever on film. Yep, there you go. Craig Boddington has never missed a critter in his life, except for about a month ago. Oh, okay. Let's hear about let's hear about this now. Well, I was just writing about that the other day, and you know we're hunting from stands, and we don't have long. We don't have big country in my part of Kansas. It's timber. And, so, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards is normal, sometimes 100. But we don't have four or 500 yards shooting. And uh, so we'll go an entire season and have zero misses. Not, not uncommon. But I, I did it. I was sitting on a stand, and I had a buck coming to me, and he was about yeah, 50 yards away and quartering two. And I had those crosshairs dead steady on his shoulder and I pulled the trigger and I realized that this reaction was not right. He spooked a little bit and then he just kind of walked away and I said, well, he's going to fall over. going to fall over and I lost him in the trees and I kind of had the distinct impression that instead of falling over, he walked away. But, uh, and that's in fact what happened. That's we what we he spent did. a couple hours looking. There's got to be blood. There's got to be blood. There's got to be blood. Next trip was to the range, and uh, that scope had uh, had uh, 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 turrets without a zero stop, and and the elevation turret had been spun nearly a full revolution, and I was 18 I was I was 18 inches off paper at 50 yards. Just a bit outside. <laughs> Just a hair outside. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Boddington. Phil Massaro, Larry Wysoon, Rob Keck, and Ivan Carter. We've got more from these guys when we come back from the coffee pot. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, hey, I want to invite you to join us down in the great state of Louisiana as we bring you the show next week from Natchitoches, Louisiana, and the Mr. Crappie $75,000 qualifier crappie tournament on pools three and four of the Red River. Hey, it's Alan Jones, Jr., and when I'm not in the great outdoors... I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
Outdoor Texas Camps produces strong young women. Yeah, I was eight. So I was a camper for about three, four years. Like Faith, step one is attend an Outdoor Texas Camp. Get involved. And you never know where it will go from there. This camp like gave me foundational skills of like how to plan, how to like what does responsibility look like. If they they can come in knowing nothing, and they will leave with a whole new set of skills. Top notch instructors teaching outdoor skills, hunting, fishing, and the shooting sports. Young ladies growing confident in their abilities. Like this camp, like yes, it's about hunting and fishing, and their skills learned. But I think they grow up in these camps. We see a kid that doesn't know what. Honestly, what responsibility is, they grow up. Outdoor Texas Camps is now taking enrollment for girls 9 to 17, with $400 scholarships available to young ladies in the North Texas area for Summer Camps 2022. Make it a summer of growth for the young lady in your life. It all starts at OutdoorTexasCamps.com. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has, from the get-go, been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and just down the road. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. 
The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com. Warm campfire is always the gathering spot, no matter the weather. Tall tales and life's tough spots get worked out here. This is Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. This is Kinder Outdoors. Thank you for hanging out around our campfire today. We greatly appreciate that. Over the years, we've had a lot of different friends join us at that Dallas Safari Club campfire on the conservation stage. Jim Shockey, he's normally a regular, couldn't make it this year. Jim Zumbo. Another one that we miss. And we missed you, too. So make sure you're there next January in Dallas. I'll tell you who was there. Rob Keck, Ivan Carter, Phil Massaro, Craig Boddington, and my good friend, Larry Wysoon. Larry, your parents hunted. It was a big family event, right? Absolutely. All the ladies in our area hunted. My aunts, you know, all their, all my mother's friends. It was a big deal. Came on at a time when we didn't have a whole lot of deer, but that didn't stop us from hunting. And if you saw a track, you were a hero. If you happened to take a deer during the hunting season, oh, my God, it's talked about just nearly every day until the, the beginning of the next hunting season. So, you know, I, I started out. Some People ask me, do you remember your first hunt? I don't. I, my dad used to carry me around in diapers on the back when he was chasing coonhounds, you know, kind of thing. And. So I, I have no recollection of the first hunts. There was a lot of hunts, that, you know, shortly thereafter that I have. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate grew up out in the country. And uh, they turned me loose barefooted with a twenty two when I was about five years old because I'd, I'd run out of BBs and couldn't find BBs. But by God, I could find a single shot twenty two and shells, and they'd hand them to me and send me off kind of thing. That kept me out of trouble. Absolutely. Well, somewhat. Well, yeah, you know, there there were those episodes. <laughs> this man is agreeing completely. You grew up like that, too, I guess, huh? Same story. It's a familiar story. Growing up in Kansas, Craig, uh, did you ever discover a good way to cook a pheasant? Does, does a good way to cook a pheasant even exist? I didn't know there was a bad way to cook a pheasant. Okay. Well, they're not oh, real You know what? Dry them out if, Listen, if, if you mistake... A pheasant and shoot a, a vulture instead. Yeah, that th- they're be, hard to cook. That could be it. That could be it. Did you eat a lot of pheasants growing oh, up? Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah, y'all had lots of pheasants. Yeah, they're, you know, we like quail better. Yeah. And in those days, we had oceans of bobwhites. Yeah. But oh, but yeah. pheasant was good, just a little drier. You yeah. just, you, you got to just cook it, cook it in a sauce. Yeah. When you couldn't hit the small target, you wound up eating the pheasant. That's that's what took place. Uh, what took place there? Hey, what's going on with you now, Ivan? What are you doing these days? So we've been doing a lot of conserva- conservation work and um, spending a lot of time actually adjusting our sales a little bit with COVID and everything else like that. You know, donor funding's been a little more difficult, as everybody can understand, as well as the need is greater because so many people have this deficit for anti-poaching. And so um, we've been measuring a lot. We translocated cheetahs with the Cabela family this year into a landscape which hasn't had cheetah for over 100 years. Those are giving That's us a bit, of, a bit of gray hair, not doing what they're supposed to do, but um, the scientists are taking care of that. The lion population that's in that same landscape 
has got to just over 80 now from the, the 24 that we put in there. So that's been very successful and doing a lot of wildlife moves, actually. You know, um, what we've found is that a lot of these national parks that have been stabilized by large NGOs, large non-government organizations, um, have a deficit of wildlife. And as the human element has grown and the conflict has grown, rather than allowing government to just go in and wipe out, you know, whole landscapes, taking those animals and using them to populate populate wildlife reserves has been very successful but the biggest thing is doing that with hunters dollars with hunters and openly for hunters i think is a giant message i think we've got to be a lot better at delivering facts and results than we actually are at the moment it's one thing to say oh no we su support anti-poaching well tell me the facts what has actually happened so in the zambezi delta landscape where we operate um there, there's been about a 95 percent reduction in poaching and a three and a half thousand percent increase in wildlife over the last couple of decades, which those are the facts. It's not that we're equipping an anti-poaching team. We've, we've led to more wildlife and a healthier ecosystem. And so people will often say, how do you know where to send your money? And I always say, just ask the simple question. Is my money going to allow more wildlife to exist in a healthier ecosystem? If they look at you blankly, go and find someone else to send your money to. If they say yes, your next question should be, well, how do you know? Can you show me your statistics? Again, if they can't, go and find somebody else because that should be all that matters in conservation, more wildlife and a healthier ecosystem. If we were to stop hunting in the long run, it would be devastating uh, over there. But we, we put it on pause for the past couple of years. What's that done to the critters? Are they better quality now than they were two years ago what's what's going on have you noticed so that's a, that's an interesting question and and again i'm gonna i'm gonna back out a little bit so if we stop hunting we've got a really good example of what really happens it's an uncomfortable truth so nobody wants to talk about it but there's about 15 million acres of tanzania that last year was resettled and it was resettled because of the closure of lion imports into the states because of cecil the lion which led to outfitters handing back their concessions because they couldn't make money anymore. The, the concessions sat idle for many years. And then the, the pressure from the communities, hey, if you're not going to let us be employed or, or let us work there, let us at least live there. And so the government, of course, relented. The government lives and dies by votes. And so 15 million acres of people, uh, 15 million acres of, of wild landscape had people move onto it, and they killed everything. And so there's an exact example of what happens when the hunters go away. From the perspective of the trophy populations, in a lot of landscapes, stopping hunting for a couple of years makes no difference at all. Because I like to look at a wildlife population like an annuity. Like you, you've, you've got this fund. It's like an endowment fund. So if you never touch your principal and you only use your interest, your endowment's going to last forever. Wildlife is the same way. If you never touch your core population and you only touch the old bulls that are yielded by that core population, it's going to be there forever. And so I have to say the well-managed areas without any hunting for two years, the trophy quality was the same. If you see a jump in your trophy quality, it means your quota was too high before the closure. Ah, very good. Let me ask you this. Do you think we all talk funny? No, I'm the only one that talks normally. Oh, okay. You're the normal guy around here. You're the normal guy. Phil, if, uh, if it was Christmas Day tomorrow, what gun would you tell Santa Claus that you want to see under the tree? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a real. There's a lot of them here. Because uh, you get to shoot everything. I, I am spoiled rotten. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. I yeah. get to play with all the cool toys. Right. Ah, what would I want? What would I want? 
That's a really that's a difficult don't, question. Don't get too hung up on it because we're not going to buy no, it. No, I know you. you're not, but yeah, we're we dreaming. Just... I want to dream right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I, I would probably end up with a, with a 375 flange double rifle from Heim, Model wow. 89, to wow. go with my 470. What's that going to cost me down at Walmart? Uh, uh, you're looking probably 24 grand the way okay. I'd expect Santa Claus. Well, to that's bring. within the budget. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's Mama gives the nod of approval back there, and if the War Department approves, let's send yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. I like it. <laughs> Greg, how about you? Is there that you? You've handled every gun in the world. I don't have enough lever actions. Ah. So you could you could look for a classic old Marlin or Winchester to put under my tree. Maybe a Savage 99. Wow. I've heard you talk like that before. You love those simple, old, dependable guns, don't you? I do. That's piece of America. Yeah. And I, I really do love those those old guns. And I'm not a collector. I don't have a collection. Sure. But I do accumulate them. Yes, you do. Rob, what's uh, what's your favorite turkey gun? I guess the the old 410 now. Well, it, it is, and uh, I tell you, my favorite one right now is a TriStar Viper. Huh. It's got a pistol grip on it, camouflaged, and a Carlson choke tube in it. Yeah. And I can tell you one thing: it is just everybody that puts it in their hand says, "I want one." I've never found anybody. It doesn't matter whether it's a kid. Or a veteran turkey hunter. Yeah. And I've got a couple more on order. I want to thank all of our guests on the show this week from the conservation stage of the Dallas Safari Club. If you're not a member of the Dallas Safari Club, you really ought to be. They're fighting for your rights every day. Thank you, Craig Boddington, Rob Keck, Larry Wysoon, Phil Massaro, and Ivan Carter. I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house today. And invite you to join us in Natchitoches, Louisiana, for the Mr. Crappie $75,000 Crappie Invitational next weekend. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch. (laughs) 